again, I thought it was another slow news day with not much going on until I probed a little deeper. So you are welcome. You're welcome. Because I've got some good news. And I've got some, well, obvious news that is not not great. But you probably suspected was happening anyway. So I'll go into that in a second. But first, welcome to the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast commentary comedy conversation do not forget to subscribe and like and share and comment and, and any other good positive thing that you can think of to affect this show in a positive way shouldn't be using the same word twice there but it is what it is okay jumping right in I'll go into the good news first. Let's let's start off with a with a a feel good story. Feel good story. Government confidence scores are negative for only the second time on record in New Zealand. The last time was June July 2007 before that particular election. So there you go New Zealand, a bit of hope, a bit of, a bit of positivity coming out of the country although I know the main opposition party not great. Not great is it. Um but that's that's still a that's a good sign. It's a good sign. It says fifty percent key insights from the polling. Fifty percent of New Zealanders believe New Zealand is heading in the wrong direction. The worst wrong direction score from either poll since two thousand and seven. And what's really interesting is there's a government confidence graph with the percent of direction, and it's from two thousand and seven until now. And the early two thousand and seven one is when Labor was in with. Uh, Helen Clark, and that had plummeted with New Zealand and uh, going in the wrong direction. And then National, the main opposition, got in and it sort of goes up and goes down. Midway through, they, they sort of survived an election and it kind of it does remain fairly steady, but a few ups and downs, but fairly steady. And then Labour get in again, it's, it spikes for New Zealand going in the right direction to over 70% or around 70%. And that would have been around around the start of the pandemic where everyone was so pleased with the uh with the prime minister jacinda how she handled it it's they were pleased back then not so much now absolutely fallen off a cliff and there you go i'm a little bit of a little bit of hope for the direction of of this country however <laughs> uh, today in new zealand we had a a bit of an interaction between a national MP and the current police minister, the, the Chris Hipkins, who was also one of Ardern's Voldemort virus lackeys that was always up there telling us what to do and lockdowns and levels and orange and red and all of that sort of stuff. He's now been moved over to the police portfolio. Don't ask me why. Anyway, this interaction says a lot, a lot about the, the current government and I will go into a little bit more detail about this because this this gets obvious when you when you hear what the New Zealand police are doing a lot of this starts to make sense so I'll just run through it this is what Mark Mitchell uh, national MP said he said in an interaction with Chris Hipkins gang membership is up 40% violent crime is almost is up almost 21%. Police are dealing with almost 122 mental health related calls a day. We just had a weekend where four people were stabbed in Auckland. The mother of an 11 year old boy was stabbed and killed in Christchurch. 
police still don't have a firearm prohibitions order in their hands and you are in the house asking yourself patsy questions talking about diversity. I don't think that is going to engender a lot of confidence in the police in terms of you making the big fire and brimstone speech last week, quote, we'll give the police the tools they need, unquote. Talking about diversity in the house with patsy questions is not a good start. Chris Hipkins replies, remember, Labour, Labour MP. Uh, Mark, I think the fact that you have, I should probably read it in a different voice. Uh, Mark? I think the fact that you have a problem with the fact that a quarter of our police force are women really speaks volumes about the National Party. That is a absolutely crazy response from Chris Hipkins, but it says a lot. I went into, after reading that, I went into the, uh, oh, onto, <laughs> I went onto, it's public, I went onto the police.gov.nz website, and what pops up? So remember, crime skyrocketing, and a lot of other problems, obviously, in the country with with the economy. And uh, <laughs> I went onto the police.gov.nz website and just looked up diversity, really. And this is what we get: gender pay gap action plan. I, I think I know why crime is skyrocketing. Yes, partly to do with the economy, absolutely, which is the government's mishandling of, well, it, basically everything, that in, in my view, everything since they've come into power. And if the police and this government are so focused on diversity and equity, that's certainly, certainly got to be a, a reason or hint at a reason for skyrocketing crime. Because if you're focused on diversity and equity, and not actually dealing with particularly violent crime, then maybe your resources are being wasted. But police.gov.nz gender pay gap action plan. I'm not going to go through all of this. You can find it on their website if you'd like. It's in a, a, a PDF. This is the this this one is the New Zealand Police Gender Pay Gap Action Plan for 2020-2021. I guess they thought they had a lot more time on their hands with everyone everyone being locked down. But that hasn't proved to be the case, has it? So I'll just uh, go over a few, a few of these. Focus area, number one, recruit, recruitment and attrition. Action. A, continue work to achieve... Constab- <laughs> I'm not going to be able to pronounce this word. Continue work to achieve constabulary? Constabulary? Is that how you pronounce that? Constabulary. Constabulary recruitment targets of 50% women and 25% Māori, 9% Pacific, and 15% Asian. Now, I'm going to want to know how the hell they came up with that sort of target. Is it because, what, there's 50% women in this country? And well, the, the country's about 14 15% Māori, so they're going for 25% Māori for some reason. 9% Pacific, 15% Asian. So you're basing your, your constabulary, however you pronounce that, <laughs> you're, you're basing your your recruitment and your advancement and, and putting people in positions of, of higher and higher authority and, and positions of power and, and responsibility on race and gender. Hmm. Then it says, uh, action also, monitor attrition rates to ensure equity across all genders and ethnic groups and respond if there is a disparity. 
just unreal stuff from from the New Zealand police. It goes on, promotion and development. Grow availability and access to development for women in police and with a focus on Māori, Pacific and ethnic women. Can I just say, what is the point in going into the New Zealand police if you're a man, particularly if you're a white man? Under this government and this direction that the New Zealand police is going, what is the point? What is the point? Uh, It goes on again, support and enable promotion of women affected by historic lower promotion rates. Again, focus area, specialist groups, again, increase the number of women in specialist groups, increase Māori, Pacific and ethnic representation in specialist groups. I'll skip down to number six, pay equity. Identify any internal pay equity issues through organisational networks and make recommendations to address these. So that that's just a, a brief look at the New Zealand Police Gender Pay Gap Action Plan and their whole idea of diversity and equity and reducing the pay gap it goes on a little bit um it says police is committed to paying its employees fairly regardless of gender or ethnicity that uh, not according to those statistics that you're aiming for though because you're aiming for a particular statistic so how can you possibly be fair when you're trying to reach a goal based on racism and gender you can't be fair this should be based on performance and people that can do the job and the job that's needed to be done particularly policing violent crime and dealing with the drug and gang problems. It's not not hard to do, but instead we're, for some reason, going to be hyper-focused on diversity and equity. They also say, for the first time in 2020, police is formally including ethnic differences within its pay gap action plan. Raw ethnic pay gaps for Māori, Pacific and Asian workforces compared to overall levels range from 4.1% to 14.7%. As with the gender pay gap, These rates reflect issues such as the recent growth of these groups, where they are entering the police workforce at the lower end of their progressive pay scales. (sighs) So what you're saying is that you're targeting people of particular ethnicities and gender and recruiting them, and therefore there's a larger group at the bottom of the pay scale because they don't have any experience. They are newly graduated people. So they are being paid less. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of how this works. Experience and and competence and basically the ability to do the job and if you're good at it or not should reflect your pay and you should be rewarding good police officers. Don't understand how it's just throw all this nonsense away. It's just, an, uh, it looks like an offshoot of, of the whole critical race theory, which is just Marxism. It's just, it's it's the bourgeoisie proletariat, but black, white, and they're forcing this idea of 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 race and gender into it so we have to be fair and equitable and to do that we have to be racist and sexist so we're we're not going to be racist and sexist by being racist and sexist makes absolute no sense and i would suggest that instead of focusing on this absolute bullcrap focus on uh and there's a lot of good police out there it's let's not kid ourselves but geez, they're, they're being absolutely handicapped by this nonsense. Now, in a, in a similar vein, this, to, again to do with the, the police, this has just been announced today. The government designates US, Proud, US group Proud Boys and the base as terrorist organisations. Now, 
what's interesting is where did Jacinda Ardern just go to? She she was just in the USA. She was just in the USA, and now this pops up around the sixth day of January. Uh, stuff that's going on in America right now. Ardern has now basically the Ardern government has now declared these particular groups terrorist organizations in this country after going to America. Now the article which is another one on stuff, says the government has quietly designated two United States far-right organizations, the Proud Boys and the base, as terrorist organizations. The legal designation of the two groups, which would have been signed off by the Prime Minister, was made on June 20th and made public in the New Zealand Gazette on June 27th. The decision was not otherwise announced by the government. Uh, there was no immediately available information for why the designation was made. Comment has been sought from both the Prime Minister's office and the police. Now, I went to... Now, I, I've heard of the Proud Boys, but I, I don't know who the hell the base is. I have no idea. Definitely, I've heard of the Proud Boys, though. Which, to me, seemed like a reaction. Uh, the, the reaction to the Antifa stuff that popped up in, in America. And what I find quite disturbing and is... The Proud Boys and the base have been put on this list. Uh, how come Antifa hasn't? Now, if if you're going to be fair about all this, surely, surely they're on the list. I, I don't understand why they're not. I have my suspicions why they're not. I don't understand why they're not, <laughs> but I have my suspicions. Now, I went. To, you can go to again. You can go to police.gov.nz. There's, you can you can read a list of their designated terrorist entities in New Zealand pursuant to the UN, uh, United States, uh, United States, to, to the UNSC resolution 1373, and, it, and you can click on why they've been designated that and read some PDF files from the police. This is a huge file about why this one, the Proud Boys, has been put on the list. Now, <laughs> credibility, you can read through it all if you want. It's a long list. It says credibility of sources, so what they've used to establish this. This paper has been prepared using open or unclassified sources that have a reputation for careful and unbiased reporting. These include the New York Times, the Australian Broadcasting Company, The Guardian, uh, I'll skip some of this, but uh, the Rolling Stone magazine, The Washington Post, BBC News, CBC News, NPR, The Atlantic, Forbes, CNN. Because <laughs> they have a reputation for careful and unbiased reporting. I mean, it's, it's just hard to take a lot of this seriously when that's the so-called credibility of sources. Then they've, they've used a range of think tanks as well. Southern Poverty Law Centre, Anti-Discrimination League, uh, the New Zealand Herald. Is it considered a think tank? That disturbs me. Anyway, you can you can read all of that. What's interesting though is you can click on other other groups. There's about twenty on this list. Uh, one of them's a Marxist communist group uh, from Peru, and they admit in the PDF that they're using sources from the media and trying to use trying to use different different a couple of different sources from Peru. But they admit in the cred credibility of sources in this one, they say this paper has been prepared using open or unclassified sources which have a reputation 
for careful and unbiased reporting and use things such as the BBC and Washington Post again. But then they say we also use Peruvian media and admit that it says, and they say, while we acknowledge that national media may be biased, we have observed that the aforementioned international media frequently source their material from Peruvian media. Moreover, much of the information about this particular group's operations is only available from Peruvian media. However, they, they just said, we acknowledge, acknowledge that national media may be biased. It's not in, from what I can tell, it's not in the other, the other statement on um, the other two groups, or at least in the Proud Boys one. Is, is, uh, is American media not biased? New Zealand media not biased? Australian media not biased? Can- Canadian media not biased? Very weird. Very weird. So there's that. Whatever you think of... The, I don't know much about the Proud Boys. Never heard of the base. Just find it pretty interesting that Ardern has just been over to the USA. Come And, and I think she's still actually in Europe at the moment. Meeting with NATO and, and things like that. But the New Zealand government has decided, and it would have been signed off by Ardern, that this is going to be these two groups are going to be deemed terrorist organisations. But seriously, just wondering where people like Antifa and that are. It's it's just bizarre. And the whole New Zealand police diversity thing. It it um, boggles the mind. Sometimes boggles the mind. So what do you think about those groups? Don't know. Don't know much about them. Just saying that why isn't isn't the other side also deemed a terrorist organisation? It it just makes you think, or it just feels like again another ideological attack, because one side who committed. I mean, the the, the what about the what about the BLM rights and things like that, the violence and the burning down of cities, that particular groups were involved in. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, I gotta go, so I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you again on Monday. This has been the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, share, and most importantly, enjoy your weekend.